Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I just decided to curate the playlist today for all the bands that are better than the Beatles. <laughs> or musical artists. A little Emmy Lou Harris for you here on your Tuesday. I'm sorry, I'm just trolling. The people that I argue with about the Beatles are listening. That's why I'm doing this. I can't help myself. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? A fun first hour. Talk some World Series. Talk some high school football. Heard from Everett Carr, a Bozeman High School product, who has the high, I guess a Bozeman High School senior, almost a Bozeman High product, who's got the Hawks uh, into the uh, semifinals of the Class AA playoffs. We also talked some Lady Grizz. Heard from Gina Markson, new point guard for the Lady Grizz, after their 65-63 loss to North Dakota State last night, and uh, also had our Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best individual performances from around the state of Montana. All that can be found on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by the M Store and the MSU Bookstore. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five stars preferred. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Go uh, get the Nuanas Now podcast in your life. Caught up with one of my favorite guys earlier today. Well, all quiet on the western front down here at the uh, Gallagher Business Building. I pulled right up to the front and parked right in the middle, and then I didn't have any idea what was going on. And then I realized, oh, that's right, it's election day. But we're down here at Studio 49, and we're back uh, for a business angle with Justin Angle. It's a overlay between business and sports here uh, on Nuanas Now. I do this every other Tuesday. Uh, a good Tuesday, though, a uh, election Tuesday. I actually feel fraudulent because I have my I Voted sticker on because I filled out my the ballot. The one that came in the mail? That's right. I filled yeah. out my ballot, and uh, I like to fill it out and then just go drop it off sure. myself, you know, save part of the time, but I also just like to know that it's just in the deal on the election day. But, and this is cool, actually, I went there earlier this morning, and there's a line all the way around the deal, so I'm going to have to go back there later on tonight. But uh, if you haven't voted, go vote. Uh, it's important for sure. And uh, this is a day off here at the University of Montana. I don't know if I consider it a day off. Sure. It's a day where we have a civic responsibility, right? Yeah, right. It's why we're given the day off. It's why we give students the day off. Very good. Well, a uh, couple different things to uh, talk about. Um, first of all, you sent me a very compelling text <laughs> about the the headlines on uh, the national sports outlets yeah. right now yeah, and how... Uh, you used to go to ESPN.com, and it would say, Texas beats Oklahoma, and the Raiders beat the Chargers. And now it says, like, Aaron Rodgers is doing ayahuasca, and, you know, whatever it might be. But it, it's way more about human drama or uh, outrageous amounts of money or the fights that everybody it, – it's just fascinating to look at it. It's become way more about the human element, but maybe not the – the savory human element as much as like the the outlandish or uh, inflammatory parts of, of humans. Yeah, it's like the TMZification of all of our media, right? It, it's less about what actually happened and more about like who said what about what happened. And 
so many of the the headlines on whatever site you know have to do with like what Skip Bayless or whatever other talking head Stephen A you know said about some player and how the player responded and it's just kind of raises the question like what are what audience is that serving and what 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 do audiences want is that the coverage that people want or mm-hmm. is it is it like a you know something that we're just attracted to um, meaning like a guilty pleasure right you just sort of click on those salacious headlines and i find myself doing it like you scroll through a news feed and you're like oh yeah that one sounds outrageous i'll click on that yep um does that mean i is that like what i actually want or is that like what totally what I, yeah who knows i think it's there's so many different factors here but i think one of the primary factors is the salacious is the easiest to communicate with the least amount of effort from the consumer in other words you can see a headline of an NFL guy driving 155 miles per hour drunk, and you can see that in a 240-character tweet. Right. And you can prob- you can then communicate that to somebody else. Hey, did you see this guy did this? And you got most of the story Yeah. in the span of the seven seconds it took you to read the tweet. That, again, I think is something that we should all analyze about ourselves, like getting our news through the lens of not wanting to consume any more than seven seconds worth at a time. That in itself is something we could all be mindful of. Uh, you know, but also that's it's there's two other parts to it, I think. I think, first of all, news of danger and demise and all those sorts of things have all, has always outweighed oh, yeah. the news of the, you know, little old lady who made it to 100 or whatever, you know, the heartwarming stories, although I do think there's a place for both. But I also think that for so long in America, the, the, the gap financially between the the middle class and the, and maybe people that didn't make as much money was so much less than it is now that it's really impacted journalism because you used to be able to go and be a journalist and do it for all the ethical reasons or all the societal reasons that you wanted to believe were real and true now it is very much almost impossible to be a journalist and live a adequate life in America. I've gone through this my whole life because I wanted to become a journalist to make a difference. And I still strive to kind of do that. But also, like, I had to add this whole analysis and content production parts to our enterprise because that's what the consumer wants. It's also the way you make money. Like, I have, I've had to basically become an entrepreneur of content and journalism to be able to make a living because if you just work at the newspaper, I'm, I hate to tell you people, people talk about teachers not making any money. Journalists make half as much as teachers, truly. And it's crazy how then it forces out a lot of people that maybe would have done it 50, 60, 70 years ago for basically the premise that is freedom of speech, and that is to uphold our democracy with checks and balances based on good and, and accurate and valid reporting. Yeah, so I don't know if the Constitution says anything about journalism, does it? That's right. No, it does not. It talks about freedom of the press, freedom of speech. um, And you got to ask yourself, like, was there ever a viable business model for news? It seems like, you know, I'm not a historian, but, you know, for years and years, what we sort of harken back to is the halcyon days of journalism. Well, the, the business model was still monetizing attention, right? Selling advertising. And, you know, what what we talk about Facebook and the social media platforms as being so destructive to the profitability of journalism. Actually, Craigslist is probably the first sort of 
crack in the wall when Craigslist just evaporated the classifieds market from newspaper journalism. Remember the classifieds? Like those right, used totally. to just finance a ton of the operation. And then Craigslist came along and just sort of cleared that off the board. That's a hard slice of revenue to replace. And so, yeah, journalists maybe made, you know, a healthy salary um, and did important work, work that I think, I think, and you think a society should put a value on. It's just unclear, like, how we're actually going to pay for that. We, we've, we've, we could have anchored consumers in a model where they weren't paying the full freight fare for the value they were getting from the beginning. And so as a result, we're just sort of unwilling to, to, to ever get there as customers because we've never had to. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's a business angle. Justin Angle joining us here uh, on Nuan is now. It's ESPN Radio. We do this every other week, the overlay between business and sports. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Appreciate Blackfoot for all of their involvement and all the things uh, that we do here at ESPN Radio, as well as uh, with the business angle and a new angle podcast and a bunch of other stuff that we have going on. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, th- there's been so much said and talked about and analyzed about the corporatization of news. Oh, yeah. It's uh, at the same time a new and old problem. Some of the richest people in, the, in America during the turn of the 19th into 20th centuries were the newspaper barons, mm-hmm. and there was the whole era of muckraking and yellow journalism and, and all these different things. So uh, amazing how sometimes our our uh, issues remain the same for, for so, so long. But it, it is sort of interesting. But, you know, I... I the way that online journalism works now, you have such an interesting uh, ability to analyze all of the analytics. You uh, you can see exactly what stories get more traction. Yes. And so then I think you have to then wonder, though, or, or uh, worry if you, if you just gravitate only toward the the revenue production of the content production, right? It, it is sort of an, an interesting challenge. Well, as an organization, what do you put a priority on, right? Do you do you put a priority on some public good, some notion of an informed society, or do you put a priority on you know shareholder return? Um, you know, we have so many varieties out there. Like the New York Times is a, is a publicly traded company, whereas the Boston Globe is owned by John Henry, who owns the Boston Red Sox and can spend part of his billions on funding a, a, a magazine like Stat, for example, that can do in-depth scientific reporting that there's really not a business model to support. You've got Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, and there was a ton of concern about that, that centralization of corporate power. Washington Post is doing some of the best work it's ever done, right? Now you could talk about Twitter. I don't know if we want to get too into that. <laughs> that that's Fandango, but it's you know all this consternation in the press about what Elon Musk is going to do to the platform or what he's already done, and you know we'll have to see how that shakes out. And Twitter isn't necessarily even. I mean, there, there's another debate like is Twitter a news organization or not? It makes editorial choices and it's in its algorithm driving your news feed. But what role do those sorts of content sites play in this in this um, ecosystem as well? Those are big questions. And it's shifted so much toward, to what, what the consumer wants and what the consumer wants, at least in what we've found out between Skyline Sports and ESPN MT and all that, is they want analysis and opinion as much as they want reporting or even more, right? People care way more about what I have to, th- what I think about the Grizz and their three-game losing streak yeah. than 
the the dysfunctional uh, intricate reporting of it, right? And that's uh, that's been a battle for me for sure because I definitely enjoy analyzing and expressing my football and and sports acumen, but also I, I feel like. There's an important part that's in go- then going by the wayside if you prioritize only the opinion and the the an- analysis of it all. Yeah, the opinion piece is interesting. I mean, people talk about the rise of Substack as, as a good phenomenon in journalism, and in many ways it is. Right? It's it's enabled people to co- sort of go straight to the to the customer to build their own audience for reporters to build their aud- own audience. But to your point, most of the stuff happening on Substack is not reporting. Right. It is editorialization. It's right. opinion. Not that that stuff's not valuable. There's sure. there's value in an in, 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 in there's value in analysis. But there's. if there's no business model to fund the collection of information, sure. that the sort of boots on the ground reporting, yeah. then we have a problem. Like that's the sort of that's the hard part of all this. We got to find a way to support. And it gets so interesting too. Like when it comes to pro sports, like right now, there's like one guy in the NFL, Adam Schefter, there's one guy in the NBA, Adrian Wojnarowski, yeah. who are like the reporters. And then whatever they report, then that gets fed oh, like yeah. red meat to a hundred analysis-based talking heads. Well, and there's all kinds of problems with that. I mean, For you could sure. talk about, we could go deep on those two individual reporters and their ties to you know the agencies that represent the athletes and the access that they've cultivated and, and how those, those journalistic out, outlets, ESPN in particular, can sort of um, amplify or throttle information that is consistent or counter to the narratives that their reporters are putting out there. Um, yeah, th- having that level of consolidated power in journalism is also a problem, even though it's done on the reporting side. Noir is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and uh, the ESPN MT app. Sometimes then, I-, I think that the consumer also just... I think the consumer oftentimes doesn't know what they're consuming. There's a lot of people that say they watch the news. They don't watch the news. Right. They, watch, they watch a news channel with a bunch of talking head analysis yeah. on it. Like, Fox News doesn't have the news. Like, MSNBC, like, these these channels don't have the news. Right. The news is on... It's infotainment. It's infotainment. That's right. It, it's a, it's a hot-button issue d- d- with a discussion. And if that's what you're consuming, that's fine. I just want people to know what they're consuming. Yeah, media literacy is a big problem. And, For sure. And, you know, I think we live in a time where there's such fragmentation in our media that it, it is hard to kind of know what you're consuming. Um, you know, that, that's something that, that I think we need more of in our systems of education, whether it's high school, college, or whatever, is helping people understand how to make judgments about the information they're consuming, how to understand, you know, the, the person who did the reporting, who did the writing, where they come from, what their perspective is, um, who's funding the operation? All those questions that you could ask. If if you're reading a story that has a single source, being able to under understand that and th- and think about, okay, well, who would this source be? How can I tell who that source is if they're unnamed? And and what might the bias of this source be? All those sorts of things I think have been. And we talk about how a lot of our civics and in our institutions have been lost. Like we're here on election day, and we we sort of lament the civic uh, consciousness of our mm-hmm. society. But I think. Our sort of media literacy is a big part of that too. That's that's lost in this. And, and then sometimes, though, the worlds do collide, and it, it's uh, both the uh, 
attention-grabbing, inflammatory-type headline that's also then reporting about an uh, important story, right? Like right now I'm looking at ESPN.com, and uh, one of the headlines is Far-Backed Drug Company Overstates Benefits. Okay, so that it is an inflammatory story involving Brett Favre and his uh, concussion drug company. That also, that involves like potential government fraud with the the uh, potential um, reallotment or even theft of of money that was supposed to go toward the welfare system. That's what journalism is supposed to be about, though. Yeah. It's holding people in power accountable for that sort of thing. And so sometimes the worlds do collide, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, that's probably unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know what ESPN.com is rooting for is the the inflammatory big name guy who also then you are doing good reporting that's important to the public. Yeah, there's these trade offs, right? It's like that sort of reporting at ESPN and other other journalistic institutions is important. And if it takes a stream of clickbaity stories to fund it. You know, if they need to monetize eyeballs um, in one place in order to spend the money on more important stories elsewhere, that's fine. That's sort of always been the transfer payment system within newspapers, within television shows, within cable, um, within, I'm sorry, uh, you know, big website platforms like ESPN, et cetera. So I think it's good that that's happening. It'll continue to happen. It's just kind of being, it sometimes feels like it's being brought to the extreme right now. For sure, and you just, I just, I always hope that there's an audience out there of people that like to read, and I do think that there's still some. You just have to deliver it to them in a niche form or fashion. Um, but it, it is, it's just, uh, it's amazing how we become an audio world, and that's a great thing in certain ways, and then sometimes not too. I don't know. The two people out there that um, will read the transcript to this will thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, like when I get my Sports Illustrated and it used to be weekly and now it's monthly. It's yeah. like, that makes me sad. It's uh, some of the great writing that there is, but uh, I, I digress. Uh, a business angle here on Nuan is now Justin Angle joining us. We're broadcasting from Studio 49 here uh, on your Tuesday presented by Blackfoot Communications. Um, I don't want to get too far down in the weeds on these guys specifically because it is very controversial, but I want to ask you this broad question. Like, Kyrie Irving's been in the news a lot mm-hmm. lately. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant, yeah, that whole drama with the Nets, all of that. But then also there's the, the Kanye West factor here. But my question for you is that it seems pretty uh, cut and dry that big-time corporate-type sponsors are going to stay away from controversial figures like this. From a marketing perspective, though, is there a future in which there's radical-like marketing arms? In other words, that there's companies that embrace radical, controversial-type takes uh, because, you know, it it just seems to me that this stuff is coming full circles the wrong way to say it, but for as many people that don't like crazy, outrageous, and or like racist, anti-Semitic things being said... There's also people that are like, that's what I'm about. Give me what that guy's selling. And you just wonder if there's like any if there's a company that are, or or a corporation or anybody that would take a leap toward attaching themselves to somebody that's incredibly controversial. Yeah, like let's let's take the Kanye case first or the Ye case first. I mean, back in what was it, 2004, when he said you know, George W. Bush doesn't care about black people, right? Like that controversial statement grabbed a lot of headlines and he made the rounds on places like MSNBC, you know, that the hosts of those shows mm-hmm. and the producers of those shows held him up as this this voice that we should listen to, right? 
Now he comes out with the comments he's come out with, and he is fired by Adidas, German company with a particular history here. we got to remember that piece of this. So anti-Semitic comments, he's fired by um, Adidas. Well, not only fired, like they unwound this entire section of the company. I mean, like right. a $450 million operation. So it's not just like firing one person. It's unwinding factories and lots of jobs. And so like a big... Big corporate strategy there. Anyway, now Ye is making the rounds on the likes of Fox News, uh, you know, talking about how he's, you know, the, and it's not necessarily him that's doing this. It's the hosts inviting him on and the producers inviting him on and help holding him up as this sort of scion of cancel culture. And so, yeah, I, I think we have to ask ourselves, yes, I mean, these people say things that are inflammatory and awful and, and you know, and, and a reflection of some form of hate. And we can say what we say, say what we want to say about those things, but we also have a media apparatus that, um, you know, will, will amplify those messages when it's convenient for their business model. And we'll attempt to silence them when it's convenient for their business model. So it's it's hard to judge the actions of any one individual without kind of understanding the context in which we're operating. It's just amazing the way that the world is is going right now. It just uh, it, I've listened to this awesome interview with the late David Bowie from the late 1990s, mm-hmm. and he had some very stark and interesting thoughts about what the internet was going to do to the world. And his basic premise was that part of human culture and human society is based on right or wrong, good or bad, you know, good or evil, uh, sort of the dichotomy. And it used to just be so steadfast in t- terms of the, the choices. But then as soon as you open Pandora's box and you can know about everything if you'd like, now all of a sudden there's a lot of nuance, which is good in terms of the discourse between humans, but also then... Uh, there's so many different nuances to what yeah. can be good and bad, and then all of a sudden you're divided into all these different sectors. I, I think about it all the time, especially when it comes to like things that are massively popular or massively famous. Uh, in certain ways, we can be more popular and more famous than ever before, and in other ways, we'll never be as popular or famous as the people that first rose to fame in the first rise of mass media, right? Because there's just so many more choices out there. And so I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting to think about the the way that it's all uh, it's become so widespread. The information is almost overwhelming at times. It's overwhelming. Yeah, we also have created a system where you know decision makers rely on simple rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Adidas will make a move with Yay, and then all the other downstream smaller brand affiliates will then fall in line. Like when Nike dropped Lance Armstrong, the rest of his sponsors did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and some of that's good. Like my daughter last yesterday was asking like why her after school program was canceled. I said, well, it's because Missoula County Public Schools made the decision to cancel, you know, after school programming. And then downstream of that, like all these other smaller organizations, after school programs are like, okay, the big boss made the big decision and now we'll fall in line. That's sort of a metaphor for no one brand or one institution wants to put itself out there as the leader. You rarely want to be first. You rarely want to be last. You sort of just want to follow the 
the the masses and be hidden in the middle and not stick your head up and and that's a problem that's a problem for for leadership and um some of it makes sense you understand the incentives but it also um oftentimes companies that support some of these athletes or endorsers aren't really making decisions on the merits they're making decisions based on what's happening around them yeah and i mean you look at like the washington football team now the washington commanders like they were under heat to change their name from the Redskins for 20-plus years. Long time. And they only did it when FedEx, the corporate sponsor, came to them and said, this is the decision we've made as a corporation. We're going to pull the naming rights from your stadium unless you do it. And they instantly did it. So, Well, but okay, so there's a, an instance of market mechanism actually working, right? Yeah. Like that that business was persisting in, 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 with uh, you know a brand that was controversial and, and companies no longer wanted to associate themselves with that brand so it's their right to say like hey we're not going to we don't think advertising with you is the right move anymore unless you change and so you know that that is the market mechanism that is at play it worked in that case and it could work in journalism we talk about like what gets covered and what doesn't get covered well if advertisers say like we don't like what you're covering that will have influence on what gets covered for for better and worse no one is now espn radio swx montana television and the espn mt app justin angle joining us here on a business angle do this a couple times a month here uh, on espn radio it's presented by blackfoot communications thanks to blackfoot uh, for helping us with all of our uh, various different content productions as well as uh, helping us connect to more. They can help you connect to more at Blackfoot Communications. Uh, what's coming up on a New Angle podcast? Well, we have an episode. So this week we have an episode, part two, of a conversation with Jeff Shapiro, adventure athlete, yep. a wingsuit base jumper. Yeah. So if, if you don't know what that activity is, just go to the YouTube, type in <laughs> wingsuit base jump, and crazy. you can see some crazy stuff. Um, but next week is an episode that I think listeners might be interested in. We sat down with um, University of Montana men's basketball coach Travis DeCure to Very talk good. about um, the youth sports industrial complex. And mm. so you can probably- As we talked about the other week exactly yeah. we talked about it. and we talked about with with coach travis like is it serving you is it you know he's an important uh, one of many constituents uh potential customers of youth sports and how they should develop talent is that serving college coaches is he preparing athletes to deal with um the rigors of college sports can't wait to hear that one from uh, coach travis because he's a uh, very uh, deep thinking guy, and he's always fun to have uh, those in-depth conversations with. And he I'm had sure, a lot I, to say about it. I, I am sure he did, <laughs> and I very much look forward uh, to that. I'm looking forward to basketball season. Uh, Lady Grizz were on uh, campus last night, got to see them, and uh, we'll have a ton of coverage of that. Uh, and we're also going to talk all the way around the big sky. There was hundreds, seriously, of college basketball games, men's and women's, last night on the opening night of college basketball. A whole bunch of teams from the big sky conference played, so we'll talk about that. Next, here on Nuanas Now, keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. ESPN Radio. 
New Orleans now, ESPN Radio. Not to quite till December yet. Might be a long November for the Grizz basketball team, though. Who's to say? They're only 13 minutes into their season, but uh, as poor of a start as you could have. <laughs> Truly, I mean, the Grizz were down 20. The Grizz were down 21 points before this game was 12 minutes old, playing in Pittsburgh against the Duquesne Dukes, who I didn't really know much about. They're in the Atlantic 10. Atlantic 10's a, a good basketball league, cer- certainly better than the Big Sky Conference. But the Dukes picked to finish last in that league in the preseason poll. And uh, uh, a program that has not been to the NCAA tournament since 1977. Right now, 6 minutes and 36 seconds to go in the first half. And Montana trails 35-15. The Grizz hit two of their first four shots, both of them threes. That seemed like a, a harbinger of good things to come. Each of their three-point shots were hit by Deshaun Thomas and Anan Moody, who are the two transfers they brought in to remedy exactly that, the three-point shooting. Uh, Moody comes from Southern Utah. Deshaun Thomas comes from Colorado State. So you're thinking, okay, this Grizz team has a little bit more shooting. That could be a good thing. Well, the Grizz have uh, only made two more shots since then, and uh, they're 4 of 16 from the floor, 2 of 8 from the the on-the-three-point line. And they turn the ball over seven times, leading to 13 Duquesne points, uh, Montana looks completely overmatched. They look completely out of sync, and uh, they look completely hapless on offense. So still a lot of basketball left to play. Uh, not a good start uh, for Montana. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Duquesne now has their largest lead, 22 points. The Dukes lead the Grizzlies. So we'll come back to that. Um, sorry if I sound disappointed. As I always say, I don't have any rooting interest in any of this stuff. But during the non-conference of Big Sky Hoops, I always want all the Big Sky teams to look good because it just shows that maybe the league is not a low major league. But the last couple of years, the league has been a low major league. And uh, we spent a lot of time covering this stuff. So I just want the league to be good, man. I just want it to be fun. I want the teams to be competitive, and uh, right now Montana's not looking good out on the East Coast. Let's look at uh, around the rest of the uh, college basketball landscape with a high emphasis on Big Sky Conference teams. Everybody in the Big Sky, besides the Grizzlies, opened last night, and uh, here's your results. By the way, Montana is off to a bad start in this game against Duquesne. But every single team in the Big Sky Cowards that played last night lost. The difference here, though, is that Northern Arizona lost 73-55 to Michigan State. Michigan State's a lot better, a lot more prestigious, I should say, than Duquesne. Northern Colorado lost 83-36 to Houston. Well, Houston was in the Final Four. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? All the, the, most, the two most recent NCAA tournaments Completely blur together for me. But Houston, Kelvin Sampson, premier program in the country. Idaho State was in it and played really well in Provo, but they lost to BYU 60-56. to Eastern Washington loses to Santa Clara 84-72. Weaver State was competitive, but then didn't have enough juice down the stretch. They lose at Washington 69-52. UCLA blows out Sac State 76-50. 
And probably uh, uh, Idaho lost 68-63 to the University of Denver. That was, I thought going into last night, uh, I didn't think that NAU at Michigan State or uh, Weber at Washington or Sac State at UCLA, I didn't think any of those teams had a chance. Didn't think Idaho State had a chance at BYU either. But Bengals, at least for a game, looked a little better than they have been the last couple of years. But I thought the, the two winnable games on the slate for the league were Idaho at Denver, but the uh, Vandals come up just short, 68-63. And then Montana State at Grand Canyon, and the Cats looked great in the first half and just terrible in the second half. They just completely disappeared. I I couldn't even, like, actually pinpoint what their fundamental issue was. I seriously think they played so well in the first half that they played like all the good stuff that was going to happen to them or all their good juice was just drained by the time they got to the second half. But they won the first half at Grand Canyon 36-19, to and they lost the second half 41-18. to That's a crazy dichotomy. So the Cats lose 60-54. to So the defending Big Sky champs playing against the preseason favorites out of the whack. Uh, uphill sledding uh, in the Big Sky Conference. Four minutes to go now in the first half and uh, with the Grizz playing at Duquesne. And it hasn't got any better. In fact, it's gotten worse. It's 41-17 now. Uh, Montana is losing to the Duquesne Dukes. So uh, there's just no other way to slice it. It's a terrible start for the Grizz. I think there was a lot of optimism for this team coming into the year that they could be better. Uh, particularly their offensive woes from the last two years have been really hard to uh, put into perspective because they just have been flat bad on offense and uh, but also like very unentertaining and right now they're they're not looking any better uh, Josh Bannon misses a corner three and the Grizz are four of 18 from the floor two of 10 from deep that's 22 percent shooting for those uh that want to do the math so not good uh Nuana's now ESPN radio SWX Montana television that was depressing every team in the big sky lost last night on the men's side how about the women's side Let's take a look at the scores from uh, from women's basketball. The first uh, Monday of the year last year, or of the uh, of the season, not last year of of this year, I should say. Uh, Montana State played a matinee against the University of Providence, and uh, I mean, foregone conclusion. But seventy eight thirty one, the Bobcats roll. Idaho played at Utah, and they were in it in the first half, but then Utah pulled away eighty eight sixty three over uh, the Vandals. Montana, as we talked about in uh, hour number one, they lost 65-63 to North Dakota State. Northern Colorado destroys Northern New Mexico College. Never heard of them. 91-50. Portland State beat Warner Pacific 67-40. Eastern Washington nearly doubles up Corbin 86-47. Idaho State slams uh, Westminster 62-42, and uh, one of the only actually good games of the night. Northern Arizona takes Arizona State all the way down the wire in Tempe, but Arizona State wins 69-68. But Reagan Skank packed the stat sheet for NAU, one of my favorite point guards in the league. She played all 40 minutes. She had 18 points, 13 assists, 6 rebounds, and 4 steals. And she has them all the way to the brink. Uh, but Northern Arizona loses 
69-68 to Arizona State. So tough night to open up the season for the Big Sky Conference. Most of the uh, most of the results were either lopsided wins or um, lopsided losses to Power Five conferences. So. There you go. So a look at uh, basketball season underway. I think it, it's almost certain to have a lot more positive storylines coming out. Uh, we'll take a break, but right now Montana trails Duquesne 43-17. So the Grizzlies down by 26 here uh, with two minutes to go in the first half. We'll have updates for you. What's going on the rest of the week and what's Tommy got on his new show? We'll do that next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Ooh, a little smooth jazz. A, a real radio personality must be in the house. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuan is coming to you through the ESPN MT studio. Uh, here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Grizz hoops in Pittsburgh. It ain't getting any better. 45-19, the Grizz are losing to the Duquesne Dukes. See, Tommy doesn't even know anything about sports, and he knows that that's not good. 45 seconds left in the first half. <laughs> this is one of those deals where, like, how far can you get down before the lead is insurmountable? Like, I don't know if the Grizz are going to score 27 more points in this game. So even though it's only the end of the first half, this game might just be over. A disappointing beginning to the season. I don't think it's over. I predict uh, <laughs> an unforeseen upset here in the second uh, yeah, We'll see. Uh, yeah, if you miss anything in today's show, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by the M-Store. Uh, and the MSU Bookstore. If you change the channel, you're allowed to change it only a couple places, but one notch up the dial is usually good. 103.3, the trail. Uh, Montana's quality rock. Uh, Voted Missoula's best radio station, I think, uh, 114 years in a row or something like that. (laughs) That's right. I think 115. You guys are are like undefeated, though. I think you guys have won like best of Missoula since the trail was in existence. So the thing that's really cool about that is I don't know that it's a competition. You know, we're not like rallying for it. No, right. People just love the trail. I love the trail. That's why I was banging down the door trying to get a job here. You know, man, I talk about it all the time. One of the coolest parts of my job is getting to be in association with the trail because I listen to the trail all the time when I was going to high school and college in Missoula. I love the trail, man. It's one of my favorite radio stations on the world long before I ever uh, worked here. So uh, Tommy hosts a great show, the new show. Thank you. uh, Each Tuesday between 6 and 7 p.m. on 103.3. All new music. Uh, so what's going on now? I, I recognize that song. That's on another sister station from time to time, but not that version of it. I'll tell you what's going on tonight. I've cracked the code with, with what's wrong with commercial Top 40 radio. Okay. You ever listen to Top 40 radio? Uh, you know, I, if it's 104.5, I do. Okay. I, I am I don't so, consider that. I like, am so in our Missoula Broadcasting cult. 
I listen <laughs> I listen to literally nothing besides our stations. Aubrey runs such a cool station. She does. No, I, I listen does to 104 job. a lot. Yeah. Outside of um, our local version of Top 40, which is very, very geared towards Missoula and the people in this community. But those just super over-the-top corporate Top 40 stations, let me tell you what they're all lacking. All right? Slapping bass lines and yeah. like, a, like a Fender Electric Rhodes piano. Funk. And, the, and so this little goofy band in London called Prep said, uh, we're going to funkify some top 40 songs. And they went and did Harry Styles as it was. That's what it is, Harry Styles. Yeah, Harry Styles. And so they put some, like, sonorous, smooth, sexy sax work in the song, and they're slapping the bass around. It's super cool. So we've got a bunch of songs that sound, again, like they're from, like, the 70s or something. But many of them are out within the last, I don't know, two weeks' time that I've been out sick. So uh, we're going to just go old school. On the new show, Coulter. And I might have been throwing a Dave Matthews song for you, depending on whether or not you tick me off in the next 90 seconds of the show. I, I love it. Uh, the new show from 6 to 7 on the trail. Um, well, anything else on there that you're cooking? And Tommy's yeah. back on the trail on the evenings always, so you can find his great stylings over there uh, yeah, six, every, every evening. 6 o'clock onward every night. Uh, I'm, I'm also giving away some concert tickets tonight. There's a group called Lucius. You might be mm. into Lucius. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Top Hat. Which there's live music back at the top hat which now, is which sweet. is really, really cool. It's such a great venue for live music. I so totally I'm glad agree, man. Back. I love the amphitheater and the logistics at the Kettle House Amphitheater are so epic. They are. You never have to wait in line for anything. And that to me is like the number one thing of going to a live event. I will never oh, be mad if I don't totally. have to wait in line for anything. I it's, Completely it's awesome. agreed. You, know, yeah. you get on the bus, you get off, you walk <laughs> in, it's all good. No one no one's ever standing around. It's great. But the Top Hat's still my favorite venue in Missoula. The yeah. Wilma's iconic, I all of it, but the Top Hat is so dope, man. I love it. You ever go out to the Rocky Horror Show? Okay, I can see man. you like loving this or just despising so it. So here's the thing. I totally get the appeal of Rocky Horror. I love anything that makes all the freaks come out at night. That's I love that stuff. <laughs> I I stumbled upon Rocky Horror Picture Show on VH1 nice. when I was a much too young kid. All right. If my mom's listening, she'd be appalled. But I watched like <laughs> the original Rocky Horror when I was like seven. Oh, man. And didn't get it at all. <laughs> and I have been like actually honestly fearful and scared of it since then. I actually should probably like go again as an adult yeah. now that I kind of get it. You should go out there. I, I didn't get the like the shtick and like the... Yeah, I got you. you. Know, the, it's very counterculture and so forth. I mean, I thought Tim Curry was like an actual monster. I didn't actually well. understand that it was like, <laughs> you know, if you know, you know, and it's it's brilliant art and it's really well done. And I know that the performance and all of it yeah. in, in Missoula is always awesome. Must oh, it's see. great. Yeah, I yeah. mean, we get tickets here and the radio lines blow up because yeah, yeah. people want to see it. But you should have seen me out there. I put on some uh, fishnets. Oh, baby. I got myself done up with some black eyeliner. Oh, baby. I had this like feathered boa thing on wow like the hottest guy in town for a couple hours there it was it was weird and it was awesome a little rocky horror what about meatloaf then you like you know i actually do really like some meatloaf passed away earlier this year unfortunately uh I also never understood why he had such a gap in the music. Like, he was like a superstar in the 70s, yeah. and then he just disappeared for like 20 years and then came he back. He didn't have like, to do anything else. He made a, pow- a, 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 yeah. a pile mountain of yeah. money, and then he went on, this is what happened, he went on Celebrity Apprentice uh, with Gary Busey. Yeah. Did you ever see that? And Gary he got in a Busey, fist fight man. with Gary Busey? Gary Busey's hilarious. That is the apex of reality television. Meatloaf and Gary Busey <laughs> fighting. Go, you need to look that up if you're listening. 
All right, we're going to do a poll on this tomorrow. I can't wait. Uh, Tommy will uh, join us from time to time when he's uh, in the building and not doing uh, you know more important stuff. But if you want, you can change it over to the new show, 6 to 7, on the trail. Yeah, join me live here in just a couple minutes. Be yep. fun. Uh, Montana's Quality Rock, the Trail 103.3, and uh, we are ESPN Radio 102.9 FM. We will be back at it tomorrow. Jam-packed Wednesday show. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, will join us. Uh, we'll also hear from Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator for Montana State. Mike Anderson, Grizz hockey coach, a surprise guest on the ESPN Roundtable, and Eli Alford, our Grizz star of the week. We'll see you at 4 p.m. tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. What sort of expertise do you guys have when it comes to uh, any sort of personal injury accidents, things like that? Uh, it's all we practice. Uh, you're not going to get an attorney who's practicing family law or in court defending criminal cases. All we do is personal injury. We're a multi-state firm, but I'm right here in M- Missoula. So we have the backing of a large firm uh, with just years of expertise there, too. Free consultations. You can find out more by calling 406-640-4444 or by visiting online 24-7 montanaadvocates.com.